Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Our friend Gardner Goldsmith does his own radio show uh, during the daylight hours here in New Hampshire. And uh, even though it is a New Hampshire-based show, you do cover some national issues, so certainly of interest to those uh, of our listeners who are around the country and around the world. Thank you for the plug, and they can go to the Liberty Conspiracy to link. That's libertyconspiracy.com. Yes, yes. Thanks a lot, Ian. Super. So, uh, let's get started here. Looks like there's some news out of Canada. Not good news. Not good at all, in fact. Yeah, everybody was thinking that Canada was going in the right direction with this whole war on drugs thing. We thought that things were getting better over there, that they had lightened up when it came to uh, enforcing, especially the marijuana side yeah. of, uh, yeah. of the laws. But it looks like the Tories are planning a get-tough national drug strategy. According to the CBC, which is their government news arm, uh, cbc.ca, Health Minister Tony Clement will announce the conservative government's anti-drug strategy this week with a stark warning. The party's over! For illicit drug users, in the next few days, we're going to get back in the business of an anti-drug strategy, said Clement. He said, in that sense, the party's over. Shortly after taking office early next year or early last year, the conservatives decided not to go ahead with a liberal bill to decriminalize small amounts of marijuana. Why? Well, that's up to you. You can certainly (laughs) speculate as to why that is. Probably they were lobbied by the police departments and, uh, you know, the cops. They don't want to let go of their precious little war on drugs monopoly that they have. Alcohol lobby? Could be. Yeah. Could be that. I'd Uh, like to to find out if they're citing some heavy increases in violent crimes due to the increased drug use over the past few years because they didn't prosecute the uh, the laws. The marijuana smokers? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I highly doubt that. I I don't think that there are a bunch of uh, seething marijuana addicts out there knocking over convenience stores. Mm. It just doesn't tend to be what they do. Uh, But Toronto, Vancouver, Ottawa, and Halifax all reported increases of between... 20 and 50% in 2006 of arrests for possession of cannabis compared with the previous year. By the way, the U.S. is up significantly as well. It was in the 700,000 range, like around 770,000 arrests for marijuana. Uh, This uh, In 2006, it ended up being over 830,000 arrests for marijuana in this country alone. Since then, the number of, of time. it's amazing. The number of people arrested for smoking pot has jumped dramatically in some Canadian cities, in many cases by more than a third. As a result, thousands of people were charged with an act that under the previous Liberal government was on the verge of being decriminalized. Police forces said many young people were under the impression the decriminalization bill had already passed and were smoking up more boldly than they'd ever done before. I think I was under that impression. So was I. I mean, everybody sort of thought that, hey, Canada's finally, you know, they're figuring it out. They've come to understand that marijuana smokers aren't actually harming anybody else. You know, I lived in Vancouver for a while when I worked at a TV TV show, and... uh it was it was great, you know. I don't do don't do any types of drugs or anything, but it was you just had a freer environment there. You had uh, the cops wouldn't prosecute people; people would be able to carry what they wanted to, and even in some cases, prostitution wasn't really something that they would prosecute. It was it was if you're not harming anybody, go ahead and do it. We're going to concentrate on other mm-hmm. things, breaking and entering, and in real crimes. The sensible way to approach things. Yeah. 
But then again, if they don't prosecute marijuana uh, criminals, so-called, then they don't get that extra cash. You know, you get mo- a lot of money out of marijuana smokers because yeah. most of them, they don't fight the charges. They take the plea bargain and then they get a, you know, several hundred dollar fee that they have to pay and or fine that they have to pay. And so you multiply that that out times the thousands of marijuana smokers that get picked up every year. And that's a, that's a cash cow for the government. They don't want that to go away. Mm. So they'll keep they'll continue ruining people's lives just so they can have their precious little war on drugs. So the new the new national anthem would be oh Canada is that it? <laughs> Apparently so. Oh, uh, police forces say that uh, again that the young people were smoking up more boldly than they'd ever done before. Clement says his government wants to clear up the uncertainty, saying there's been a lot of mixed messages going out about illicit drugs. Said Clement in an interview on a sam- uh, symposium to bring together Canada's arts and health communities. There's also a healthcare cost element to suggesting young people to suggesting to young people that illicit drugs are okay said the minister he says the fact of the matter is they're unhealthy they create poor health outcomes well so does eating fat fatty foods right so i guess right. once you descend into this um arena of socialized health care which is what they have up there um and likely we're on the path to that here mm-hmm. once you descend in this arena of well it's unhealthy you know, doing this behavior affects us all. Man, are you into everything? Because as far as I'm concerned, driving cars is unhealthy, and I don't want anybody to do it. You well, you know, believe it. it's interesting because you listen to the Democrats in their last debate, Mark, and, and they all have this, especially Hillary Clinton, this, this term, shared responsibility. <laughs> shared responsibility. She thinks that with a shared responsibility, of course, you have no choice into whether or not you want to adopt this responsibility. Right. Mm. And, of course, if you take on the shared responsibility, that means everybody else can manipulate everybody's life because they have a responsibility to take care of you. Right. It's where the majority decides what your responsibilities right, will be. Right, right. With, yeah, and then you'll get low-cost health maintenance, and that will save money in the end for these high-cost procedures when people get the regular checkups and everything that they need. So, in other words, people are too stupid to take care of themselves and even if they were smart enough to take care of themselves, many are incapable of doing so. So therefore, the government's getting, going to get involved. Make sure you go to the doctor every every year, as uh, John Edwards would like to force everyone to go to the doctor I heard every about that, year. Yeah. That was brilliant. Oh, and uh, and of course, if you don't, what's going to happen? Well, uh, put you you'll in jail. be fined. Who knows? It's well, insane. Did, uh, did you hear the Hillary Clinton's newest uh, proposal? Oh, the $5,000 per child thing? $5,000. No, no, I haven't heard this. Yeah, I know you straight. haven't. Oh. $5,000 per child. Um, they, they'd each get a little, uh, call it a uh, an education trust fund. And uh, they would get that, I guess, upon birth. and uh, Education or health care? Education. Okay. And they'd get this five grand to, to uh, do with as they please once they reach um, maturity or whatever. Yeah. Huh? It, Wait, it's for the kid? Yeah, it'd be it's a for bond the for the kids. Yeah. It's similar to, there was a, was it something, Madeline O'Hare or something or other, some congresswoman from back in the 60s wanted to give $8,000 per child uh, to, to families in some sort of a, a block. Sure, genius. Yeah, yeah, from the federal government. <laughs> they were doing something sort of similar to that in Italy, where they were they were saying, oh, we will give X number of uh, lira or whatever See, the to, thing in, is, in Italy. Is, you know, they said that the government would give, but that's that, that's the 
part yeah. that's just not fair. The it's government fair. doesn't have anything right. to give. Right. All they have is our labor. But wait a minute. That in the form of money that Mark, we've worked for. You might have been onto something when you said it was sheer genius. I mean, I think you were being um, sort of facetious with that, but I think it might actually be sheer genius. I mean, think about that. That's a sexy sell point to a to a voter. You know, hey, you got kids. We'll give you t- five thousand dollars a kid. Now, f- I presume it's only for new kids that are that are born after she gets elected. So you have some kids. We'll give you five thousand dollars. It goes in this little lockbox, and you get it when they turn uh, turn eight. They get it when they turn eighteen. And parents are going to look at that and say, yeah, five thousand bucks. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't. What they don't understand, of course, is that inflation will be working very hard on yeah. that five thousand dollars every single year uh, as they're waiting for 20 years or 18 years or however long it takes for the kid to actually get their I'm hands sure on the money. I'm sure that it has some kind of interest. I don't know. I, I, a trust fund would have interest. I imagine that, that this would have interest. I don't know the answer to that. Well, it's not going to be anything substantial. It's a government program. So, I mean, really, how much interest do you expect out of it? Uh, and on top of that, so that, that, that $5,000 is going to be chump change 20 years later. That's that's one point number one. Besides mm. the whole fact that it's mm. being stolen from the taxpayers, and um, how dare they suggest that I have an obligation to take care of somebody else's family? That I have an obligation to take care of your kids. You're the one that had them. You should have been prepared for it. Well, I, I think that it's it's good for everybody to help each other, but it's not help. If you force me to do right. it, right? Let me right. choose which kids I want to help. Well, Maybe I don't like, the, like your kids. Maybe they're brats. I was going to say it's like, you know, it's like it's like the state children's health insurance program that uh, there were protests in Washington today about this. John Kerry was speaking on Friday about it, and then they had uh, Fox News Sunday with uh, Chris Wallace had uh, Chuck Schumer on the Democrat side going up against uh, Trent, uh, uh, you know, Foghorn Leghorn yeah. Lot. Oh, boy, I said boy, you know, uh, going out there. Now Trent Lot voted for the original Children's Health Insurance Program. He's got nothing to stand on, and yet he's opposing <laughs> the expansion of it. It's like, dude, you've ceded the principle. Yeah. You lose. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. They ceded their principles a long yeah. time ago. Oh, yeah. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, still talking about the war on drugs or health care or whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free updates are there. Get signed up. We'll clue you in. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. In fact, I sent out an update today announcing that it is a new month, which means that it is time for voting for Free Talk Live. It's a once-a-month thing we ask you to do. We won last month. Again, it's been like six months in a row that we've won uh, the first place uh, the first place at podcastalley.com. Awesome. We're going to win ourselves into an irrelevance. Nobody's going to ever, ever go look at the, the, <laughs> the uh, site to see spot. who's per- first anymore. <laughs> well, either way, uh, it has certainly uh, certainly been appreciated, uh, those of you who have gone out and participated in the, the monthly voting. and it, it, So the totals reset every month. And so since it's the first, we need to ask you to go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show. It'll take you less than a minute. Very simple process, and it makes a big difference for us because when people see... Free Talk Live sitting as the number one podcast, according to podcastalley.com. That 
you know, that makes them more likely to listen to us. And that means they'll come across the message of freedom and liberty. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Apparently, the powers have shifted a little bit up in our uh, neighboring country of Canada. And I know we have a number of uh, Canadian listeners, and certainly you guys are welcome to chime in at 800-259-9231. The, uh, the conservatives have taken control. I guess that's what they call themselves up there. But once again, you know, the word conservative has lost its meaning here in America, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean anything up in Canada either. Because if they really were conservatives, wouldn't they be working to, you know, downsize the socialist health care program or something like that? But no, they bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And they've also bought into the idea that, well, because government is paying for everybody's health care, or taxpayers are paying for it, and if government's providing it, then that means government gets to set rules for what you do with your personal health, meaning government gets to control what you put in your body. And that's the excuse they're using to crack down once again on drug use, specifically marijuana smoking. Uh, one of these uh, conservative, so-called conservative guys, Mr. Clement, argues that governments in Canada have been sending the wrong message about drug use. It's time, he says, to take a tougher approach to dealing with the problem. Clemens said, there hasn't been a meaningful retooling of our strategy to tackle illicit drugs in over 20 years in this country. We're going to be in a very different world and take tackling these issues very seriously because of the impact and health and safety of our kids. The conservatives' wide-ranging $64 million anti-drug strategy is expected to combine treatment and prevention programs with stiffer penalties for illicit drug use and a crackdown at the border against drug smuggling. See... Apparently, these guys either haven't been paying attention to what has happened in the last several decades in the United States, in that it doesn't matter how hard you crack down, you can't stop the illicit trade of narcotics. It it is just impossible. Uh, It's the rules of the marketplace. People are demanding these products. Therefore, it doesn't matter how, how many crackdowns you have or how restrictive you get. There are going to be people who are willing to take the risks, who are willing to face. In some countries, they face death to bring drugs to uh, the consumer's hands. Now, it's not going to be that way in Canada, nor is it going to be that way in the United States anytime soon. But in some countries, drug dealers are willing to face down the death penalty in order to make the obscene profits that they can make by doing business in the black market. You can't make it go away. So these guys must know, they must know, right, that that a uh, an increase in the drug war means an increase in the government. It means an increase yeah. in their power. That's what they're doing this for, right? It's not to save the kids. It's to increase their power. And the rhetoric is so empty. It, who's what? What is he trying to do to stop? Who's he trying to protect people kids. from their own choices? Young people. He, Young he, people. Yeah. It's always it's always for the kids, Gardner. It's ridiculous. You know, the the founding fathers they got violent over taxes on tea, mm. for goodness sake. Not just making tea illegal, you know? And tea has a certain amount of caffeine in it that makes you feel good. As my dad used to say, it cheers but does not inebriate. So, you know, really, uh, that form of plant that's going in your system versus the burning smoke from marijuana, why is it that today we're not getting people who are just as fired up as the founding fathers? It, it's very it's a great question. frustrating. Why, uh, why do people just sort of take this stuff laying down? Is it because that they've just been so fully indoctrinated by government schools that yeah. they believe that government can make decisions for their lives? We've got to get the government... frogs to jump out of the pot, man. You know? 
that is certainly the trick here, isn't it? That's what we've we've been trying to do. We continue to try to do on this show: enlighten the frogs to the fact that the the heat is being slowly turned up on them, and and hopefully give them a reason to jump out and get them excited again. I, I know Ron Paul's doing a pretty good job at that. Yeah. Um, and he did have the chance last week to actually address the drug war at the uh, I think it was the Minority Voters Forum or whatever. I don't remember what it was called, but it was. Uh, the BET guy, Tavis Smiley, was uh, mm. was the host of that one. It was on yeah. PBS. I believe that wasn't it the Black Voters Forum. Black Voters, I'm, okay, maybe maybe it was. Um, but he, man, he did a great job, really, really touching on the war on drugs for the first uh, real time in his campaign. Awesome. He hasn't had a chance to really address it on any of the other debates, but in this one, he came out swinging and uh, really got some great response from the crowd on. And that the one. supposed mainstream guys didn't attend on that one. You know, yeah, that Giuliani, was great. Giuliani, Romney. It was great because they put the the empty podiums up on the stage. Awesome. So that's great. Well, yeah, I love that. I got to get over to maybe PBS has it or YouTube. YouTube's have got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so Clement has suggested in the past that he opposes so-called harm reduction strategies from combating illegal drug use, including safe injection sites where nurses provide addicts with clean needles and a safe place to use drugs. At a Canadian Medical Association meeting last month, he was quoted saying, "Quote: Harm reduction, in a sense, takes many forms. To me, prevention is harm reduction. Treatment is harm reduction." Enforcement is harm reduction. No, you don't. You don't really get it. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's it. You're not re- reducing yeah, harm. No. Harm the, the, the point of harm reduction is to minimize the amount of harm that both the drug use and the drug war can do to the user. So the idea behind harm reduction on one side, is to educate drug users, to give them honest information, uh, like information you can get over at erowid.org, E-R-O-W-I-D.org, great online compendium of information about all sorts of different drugs. Right. right. Uh, Good like stuff to, and bad stuff. Right. The idea Mostly is, bad stuff. The idea is to give them the honest, straight-up information about these drugs and allow them to make informed decisions. Instead of just saying, instead of the old just-say-no mentality, which clearly doesn't work. When you tell kids just say no, we all know they're going to go out and do it anyway. The problem is that if there's no harm reduction going on, if there's no real educating going on, then all they've been told is don't do it. And that they don't know anything about the drugs that they're actually going to end up taking. Yeah. Whereas if you tell kids, okay, well, we know there's a chance you might decide to take ecstasy, also known as MDMA. And if indeed you do decide to take ecstasy, here's what you need to know. You know, keep yourself hydrated. Uh, don't go don't go around and uh, exert too much energy without having water nearby. Right. Most kids that, that die from from uh, drug from ecstasy are dying because they're dehydrated. It's not because they're getting bad drugs necessarily. So these are some of the things that young people need to know. And harm reduction is all about informing them so they can survive their experience instead it, of becoming a casualty. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that postmodernist term semiotics. The the study of the the oral qualities of words it's it's really just a bunch of crap pretty much but essentially there are some there are some I think reasonable approaches to looking at the way that guy uses some of his terms there mm-hmm. there's a rhythmic quality there's a sort of solidity to the words the rhetoric that he uses where people hearing it they might not even think okay let's question what exactly is he saying he here? sounds very official he sounds yes. authoritative yes eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. It's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. We've got live streaming broadband version of the show and a dial-up version for free for you at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. Just a few more thoughts on harm reduction. We'll go to the phones and talk to you. And also, since we're on the drug topic, uh, Gardner, you've got something that uh, John McCain apparently went (laughs) head-to-head with a woman in a wheelchair. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, so the Canadian Medical Association meeting, the one of the so-called conservatives up in Canada was talking about how they're going to crack down. It's time for Canada to get serious about cracking down on drugs again. So look out, Canadians. Uh, you thought that you had it good. You thought things were going in the right direction. Well, it looks like things have turned around. And uh, now they're talking about uh, putting people, uh, you know, checking more people at the border, a, a crackdown on the border. They're talking about stiffer penalties for drug use. Uh, so whereas you might have gotten, whereas the police might have been looking the other way if they saw you smoking marijuana in Canada. And there apparently were a lot of people that were just, you know, on the street or in in coffee clubs or whatever, smoking marijuana or vaporizing marijuana, and the cops were looking the other way for a while. Now that's all going to change, according to these guys. And he says that uh, he thinks that harm reduction takes many forms. He thinks that prevention is harm reduction, treatment is harm reduction, and enforcement is harm reduction. But no, that's not what harm reduction is. And no, sir, you don't get to redefine the term harm reduction. Harm reduction is about educating people so they know what to expect when they're taking drugs. Because you you have to understand, it doesn't matter how much enforcement you do, young people, old people, people will still take drugs. And we want to make sure they survive the experience. That's the purpose behind harm reduction. Also, another side of harm reduction is, uh, beyond education, is to indeed allow people to access the things that they need. In the case of a heroin user, it's clean needles. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to buy their needles, I don't know, how the hell the heroin uh, users get their needles. I mean, we know they borrow them from their friends, which, of course, contributes to the spread of AIDS and that sort of thing. Uh, you can't really just go to the drugstore and buy needles. Very difficult to get that stuff legally unless you're, you know, you're someone who has problems with, uh, you know, your blood because you're diabetic or right. something like that. So I imagine that somebody's probably stealing them from hospitals and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's another thing. Put the tools that they need in their hands so they don't have to endanger their lives trying to get get the drugs into their systems. Because they're going to do it anyway. Let's try to make it as safe as possible. And then, of course, to suggest that putting someone in a jail cell is in any way harm reduction is absolutely laughable. I mean, you right. take somebody... Being put in a jail cell is, in fact, harm. Yes. Yes. You're Absolutely. harming their life. And it's the most harmful part of the drug war. Absolutely. The, the the fact that drugs are illegal, and all you have to do is look at marijuana versus alcohol and see which, you know, which one's more expensive. Why? Yeah. It, I mean, pot, there's no reason for pot to be expensive. Mm-mm. You can grow it in your backyard. It's a heck of a lot easier to make than alcohol. Yeah. Unrolled you know? tobacco's damn cheap. Go look at that. I mean, you can buy a pound of that for 12 bucks. And that's after they've uh, cut it in North Carolina, yeah. uh, canned it up God knows where, and shipped it halfway across the country. Just think if you... I mean, I, I I I don't suggest doing this, but if you just took the seeds out of a bag of marijuana, sprinkled them in your backyard... Of, you know, a few months later, you're going to have pot plants. That's all it takes to get this stuff. Yeah. 
So, uh, so once again, harm reduction doesn't have anything to do with throwing people in a jail cell. That is, the, as you say, the worst thing you could possibly do because you're taking someone out of their productive life because most drug users are productive members of society. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's true. You're taking them out of their productive life. They had a job. They had something they had to do. They had responsibilities. Many of them have family members. Right, people they that love They have kids them. to take care of. You've just plucked them out of their livelihood and, and thrown them in a jail cell. And now I have to pay cell. for it. Right, now yeah. we all get to pay to keep them in the jail cell. And, of course, the time that's going to be devoted in taking these people in, apprehending them, prosecuting them, the attorneys, the judges, all those expenses will be added to all of this mess, mm-hmm. as if Canada was some cesspool of moral ambiguity where they had all these problems that were arising from people ingesting these particular chemicals that Satan was somehow coming in and invading them. I mean, it's just it's so absurd. And, yeah. and the funny thing is you get statements from the officials, these hard-nosed paramilitary officials who come out and say these things, as if that's going to improve the moral code of Canada. Right. It's not. And the problem is that you'll see the busts, you'll see the arrests on the news, it'll be reported. These guys will be seen as heroes cracking down to protect our kids. And what they're doing is wasting people's money and the money of a state-run police force that was formed to stop people from harming one another. Not bringing any sort of harm or even an amorphous concept of harm to themselves. You've got it. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones, and we'll get to the McCain thing here in a moment. Yeah, First, bet. talk to Brian in Florida. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Brian in Florida, going once. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Brian, hey, Brian. what's on your mind? Um, I, I wanted to talk about the uh, girl with the light, bright sweatshirt from a couple nights ago. In oh, Boston. okay. This is the... A uh, couple of weeks ago, practically. Yeah, this is about a week or so ago. Um, in Boston, the young lady, uh, MIT student, who uh, went into an airport to look for a friend of hers who was supposed to get off a flight on the way out. She checked with an information kiosk, and they called over uh, some police because she had a flashing... Uh, LED board or something like that glued to her chest, and it caused all kinds of trouble. What uh, What was your comment? Well, um, I wanted to talk about Mark's stance about this. Um, sure. She said a couple times that she was uh, uh, she was eligible for the Darwin Award. In other words, she was incredibly stupid in order to to bring a light bright sweatshirt into the uh, into the airport. Airport. Um, I I just find this this idea horrible that because she was stupid she should be shot no I, i'm not saying I, she I should really be shot understand that. I, she could be shot right you, do you understand that doing something foolish let's just go with foolish let's not say that star is stupid all around because clearly she's at mit she's smarter than i am in some ways but but the police didn't know that it, it, absolutely not. And behavior that's appropriate at MIT is not necessarily appropriate elsewhere. Wearing a um, flashing, blinking uh, LED board at MIT probably makes perfectly good sense. I don't know. Or, or I've never it been might there. even in an adult daycare center. What's that? It might even make sense in an adult daycare center. What the hell is an adult daycare center? Some place where they take care of people who are stupid. Uh-huh. You mean Congress? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very good. Uh, right. right. No, I, I'm saying, what if this person really was stupid? Okay. But we don't, because the police officers didn't know. They have no idea whether this person was mentally challenged or oh, not. No. Look, there's lots of stupid people in the world, like you're talking about, like Down syndrome, people that have uh, sure. you know, serious sure. problems. They don't build LED boards and stick them to their um, you know, sweatshirts. No, but they might have had. This takes a special kind of foolishness. They could have found they one at a garage sale. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, the police officers didn't know this woman from, from Eve, uh-huh. and you're saying it was... It would have been great. The really great thing. No, no, I didn't say it would be great. I'm. I said I would you not feel no bad. You would not feel bad. I would not I would feel, feel bad. Horrible. What? I would feel horrible if someone got shot who no one knew. No, no one knew this woman. They didn't talk to her. They didn't. I mean, they said if she hadn't followed their directions exactly, she would have been dead. That's, that's, well, that's what happens when you're a mad a bomber. A stupid person. A stupid person. Would not know to follow the directions. So should exactly. we treat so should we treat terrorists with strapped-on bombs like they're stupid people and just ask them questions? What I'm saying is that people with the LED board are not going to be are, are not going to be terrorists. Number one, I mean, let, let's just let's just no, get that right. Let's out not there. get that's that not right out there. Happen. No, that's not yeah, going. Let's not, not get that right happen. out there. I looked at several um, IEDs, Im- improvised bombs, on the internet, and they are amazingly, uh, you know, ordinary-looking things. Fire extinguishers, you know, stuff I really can't identify, many, and no expert could because you can make them out of so many States. things. I'm sorry. How many of those were found in the United States? I don't know how many. Does it really Very matter few, where, where they've been any. found? I know I can find a fire extinguisher you know in the United States. The, the fact is, uh, the, the bombs can look like anything, and I don't think right. it's necessarily wrong for um, for the cops to be suspicious. Uh, it's just that they, they handle things a little bit, I think, too tough in my book. But nonetheless, I thought that, and thanks for the call, I thought that a listener made uh, via email made a really great point. Would you also support the police accosting this young lady on the street? Uh, on the street isn't the same as the airport. Really? So it's not it's okay for people to walk around with fake bomb devices just at the street level? Only the airport people's lives are valuable? More on the way. You can explain yourself here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are totally free, so you can enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you start your shopping experience through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. In any of their 41 categories, you can shop in new items, used items. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. Great customer service, great products, great deals, super saver shipping for free on a lot of products. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com to get your shopping started. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, we'll continue with the phone calls in a moment, but I wanted to make sure Gardner had a chance to talk about this whole uh, mad bomber at the Boston <laughs> airport thing. But, uh, Mark, I had a question for you first, because you were sort of the guy in support of what the cops were doing. You thought it would be okay if they just shot her dead. Uh, you you said that uh, you wouldn't feel bad about it if they shot her dead. Right. And I, I, I a little the, callous. I, I love uh, the, the quotes that I get from you. I want you to write my memoirs. Yeah? Yeah. Because you really know what's going on in my head. Now, <laughs> the fact is, that's you not what I said feel at all. Bad. You said you I wouldn't said, feel bad. Like he said, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Right. If an MIT student um, is foolish enough to wear a blinking board into the airport, um, she's going to have some problems. Right, but she wore this blinking board everywhere. She wore it all over the place. It was her sweater. And you just told me before we went to break, you told me that you didn't think it would be appropriate for the police to draw down on her if she were just walking down the street. No, you said it w- would it be okay if it happened on the street. And here's the difference between the street and um, the, the airport. A, you're not walking into the lion's den um, on the street. 
there aren't going to be six cops around with uh, MP5s on the street. You're just not going to. It's impractical for it to happen. So it shan't happen. The reason I said she's eligible for the Darwin Award in this particular instance is because she walked into a place where there are, in fact, going to be a half a dozen or a dozen police officers with MP5s um, that will draw down. So she should expect to be uh, to be held at gunpoint if she's in an airport. But she shouldn't expect it anywhere else. If she's in, if she encounters police officers, she should just expect them to ignore the flashing, blinking board on her shirt. If she's anywhere else, um, would it be would it be wise, fortuitous, uh, smart? Would it be would it be a good idea for me to wear a g-string made of one hundred dollar bills, lots of them hanging off of me, taped taped to my thighs, and walk down the streets of Tijuana, Ian? I don't understand the relevance, Mark. Somebody's going to beat me up and take my $100 bills on, in Tijuana. Uh-huh. Because What's that have to do with a little girl wearing a, a, a shirt? The streets a are full LED. of crooks in those particular areas. The cops are, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe Tijuana's been cleaned up a bit since the last time I was there. But it's, it's a somewhat lawless place. Um, very, you know... Uh, yeah, I just think it's interesting how, uh, how you're, you're being very inconsistent here. No, I'm telling you, you she's eligible police, for the Darwin Award. You, for I don't walking. care about your Darwin Award thing. You want the police to protect people in airports, and you think it's okay for them to hold people at gunpoint when they wear suspicious T-shirts. But if it's somebody wearing that same suspicious shirt anywhere else in town, you say, no, no, police should leave her alone there. Um, Seems inconsistent to me. If uh, someone is tasked with guarding a particular place, as those police officers are, mm-hmm. and um, you, they're going to find this blinking, flashing box that I saw. It's reasonable to find that to be suspicious. So if someone's tasked in those particular areas, then they should um, you know, protect those areas in whatever manner they're going to protect so them. So are you saying that police should stop people with suspicious T-shirts in public? If they have something that looks like a bomb on their shirt... Then you know if if somebody's tasked with uh, guarding that particular area, be it a what police if I have officer, a shirt security guard, with a picture of a bomb on it, is that good enough? No, it's no, it's not. Well, see, no? I think it's interesting because uh, immediately my mind started going into areas in the Middle East, whether it's Gaza or someplace in Israel, where uh, there is a recognized threat of terrorism, and you people guys, do blow themselves guys, up regularly. Yeah, people yeah. walk in with vests and so on. And so these guys are tasked with doing this sort of thing, and they they look for these sorts of things. And we're not yet in that situation outside. And it's interesting because typically, you know, not typically, but usually on this program, we'll talk about uh, alternatives to the government solutions. And in here, uh, obviously, the conversation is not outside those parameters yet. We're talking about in a government situation where the government is being tasked with doing something, is it appropriate for the government to assume that they can, say, knock down a person wearing a suspicious item, or should that individual uh, be be considered to have a presumption of innocence? Where does that decision come down? And do we think that that person in going into that area should have full knowledge going in beforehand of the threat that she could be bringing upon herself and looking a certain way. And, and it, it speaks volumes, I think, about the society that we are now creating, where you have this sort of threat and you have governments running these sorts of things, and you do run into these not necessarily ambiguous situations, but where two people 
can disagree. One can say she was stupid. She should have known going in there. She was an intelligent woman. That, of course, assumes that we already have some information about her state of mind, that she was an intelligent person and not maybe mm-hmm. mentally uh, in, invalid or something like that, a, or a child or well, something like that. Well, it also like presumes that. she thought there was something inherently wrong with having flashing LEDs right. on her chest. She might have gone in, you know, what about somebody who wants to prove a point? You know, uh, and how it's not just the LEDs. Her? It's a circuit board, the whole thing. It yeah, it looked look suspicious. Like, yeah. Not to me. Okay. Uh, but of course not. Because you hate police. And anything that they do um, is yeah, completely when they overreact and they're out of control like this, yeah, what I if do. A security? What if a security firm did the same thing, Ian? Well, first of all, security firms are a little bit more con- conscientious about the, the fact that they're dealing with a potential customer. And I think they they're would have dealing with, a, with hundreds of potential customers in they, there that could get blown to pieces. Yeah, I, I think they would have uh, I think they would have approached it a little more carefully and not uh, pointed guns at this, young lady's, at this young lady's head. It is speculation. But I, you know, I am somebody who has worked with uh, private security in the past. And so I think I'd like to, you know, I'd like to say I have some sort of insight. I've worked with private security, too. There's lots of different people in private security. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and again, once again, I would also expect that the security would under security would be better trained than these uh, numbnuts cops um, to to understand that real terrorists they don't strap the bombs to the front of their T-shirt as they walk around the airport for a half an hour before they decide to leave and then ask an information uh, they did, kiosk they didn't know a question that information. on the way out. Oh wait, I thought the whole, they were supposed the to be monitoring everybody on their camera systems and with their TSA agents standing around talking to people and reading what books they read and that sort of thing. I think that's but pretty impractical. You know what? We've heard enough about what you think, Mark. I was just curious as to how Gardner felt about how the police helped uh, handle the situation with this young lady in Boston, since you weren't here when we first talked about yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know, the handle of the situation with this girl is it immediately says to me look the the state is not going to be even if something goes wrong the onus is going to be on the girl she should have known not to go in and that 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 is because in knowing what happened we know that this girl is a an MIT student b intelligent C, wears these things all over. If we had no information, as you said, about this person, if it was just known, let's say, as you said, if it was a person who was 14, 15, it would be much more ambiguous. People would say, oh, that poor girl, she didn't know any better. She was just wearing something that was so cute. And Then the shadings would be different. It's It's very tricky in this sort of situation to say the government is going to be given this job and we can assume that the government is going to be right because this is a perfect example of where mistakes could be made and mistakes could easily be made with a private firm as well. Sure they could. But if the mistakes are made and I find that the government should have known or should have done something else to be able to subdue this woman or stop her or do something else, then I say to myself, yeah, these government officials will be given a lot easier time than any sort of private security force that were to make this mistake. So if a private security firm were to make the same mistake, then they would be punished by the marketplace, whereas the government people are completely insulated from it. Yeah, and they would not only be punished by the marketplace, but they would not be insulated to lawsuits and other types of things for compensation, whereas the government, it would be very difficult to fight them because, of course, they're tasked with this thing. It's a very difficult job, and, well, shoot, you know, this is one of those edge problems. We just... You know, we should just couldn't be the, certain. Should they err on the side of shooting, or should they err on the side of caution? Within the cover, government paradigm, that's a fascinating question. I mean, I think, in my opinion, I, I you know, honestly, I think they should... I, I don't even approach it that way, because I don't accept the government paradigm. But if I have to think along those lines, they're there to protect all these other people. 
Uh, that's a really difficult call. I'm sorry. MP5s are going to uh, kick up all kinds of ricochets all over the place. You better have a serious, seriously good reason for using one. So you're saying they should err on the side of caution. They should. Obviously. Look, um, the caution is you need to be able to do something to this person who may let off a bomb any second, may blow themselves to pieces. At the same time, you have a potentially dangerous weapon in your hand and firing it, even if you're firing it into this, um, you know, at this person, mm. ricochets can happen, glass can get broken, people can have heart attacks, mm-hmm. all kinds of things can happen by pulling that trigger. So, yeah, you need a seriously good reason. Now, if she'd have gone, whoo you know, and, and freaked out in front of them, yeah, they'd have smoked her. Right. And, and as I say, I can understand that uh, if they indeed felt like there was a, a problem, that they were being threatened, that that would have been... Uh, I can see that as being understandable. The problem I have is that there clearly was not a threat. The woman was, was uh, you know, she understood what they were telling her. She was responsive to them. They did not need to be pointing weapons at this young lady um, in that particular case. They took it too far. If a cop had slipped, uh, his finger hit the trigger, we could have a dead college student on our hands, and that would be awful. It would be tragic. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We will start things out, and we'll get to the McCain thing. Uh, he's oh, apparently yeah. a t- really tough guy, you know, former soldier, really tough, uh, was POW. I mean, that's a, that's a, he's a hardcore man, <laughs> and he's taken on a woman in a wheelchair. Uh, we'll get to that, but first we go to the phones to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Paula. The Democrats just came out and said no more money's going to the war. They're bringing our soldiers home. Yeah, sure they are. Paula, didn't you call about that last week? No, huh? this just came across C-SPAN. Uh-huh. A Wesley from Texas was on, and she said, no more money's going to that. She said, we're bringing our soldiers home. But sure and they are. How can they do that? I mean, they don't they have can. To- to- they got, total control. They got control to do it. No, they don't. They, they don't have two-thirds um, to, to handle any vetoes. There's a lot of representatives on the other side of the aisle. That's going with them. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The uh, there's some G- some GOP guys are signing on to uh, give a timeline for when uh, you know we're going to pull out the troops, but it's going to be right at the end of Bush's uh, um, you know well, tenure. They didn't give and a so timeline. They just said no more money's going for it. Okay, Paul. They said they're bringing them home. All right. I don't know yeah, what to, not, to they're say. They're not bringing them home. I find that hard to believe. They're, they they just voted on a resolution for funding a while ago. There isn't any re- resolution that's being voted well, on this now. This should happen. Maybe, well, Paula, you're Paula, watching the C-SPAN in the future. Yeah, Maybe she's watching just a, gonna a no, broadcast from five years right from now. now. Paula, I've I got to tell I you. I just want to let you know what they said, okay? All right. Thank you. Okay, Paula, Thank toodles. You. 800-259-9231. She called last week to she say said that the same thing something two weeks similar. ago when I was here. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, yeah. I, I, I hope. You know they they do come home, but I just don't think. That's sorry, yeah, I don't want to. Sorry to sound skeptical, Paula, but last time you called, there was really no real movement regarding Iraq, and and this time, you know, I'm aware of what was on the agenda today, 
and there's not going to be any real movement on Iraq either. So. I, I think Paula is uh, subject to some wishful thinking. I think she hears things come off her TV screen that she just sort of misinterprets. She gets a little bit too excited too mm. fast by what these politicians Although, say. I have to tell you, one of the things that I noticed, Ian, about Iraq just briefly is Hillary Clinton was on two different programs a week ago on uh, with George Snuffleupagus and on with uh, Tim Russert. On Russert's show, he directly asked her, would you defund the war? And she said, yes, I will defund the war. I will vote immediately to cut off funds. And he explicitly said, so when you get the chance, you will vote to cut off funds. Yes. Then she's on with George Snuffleupagus, Mm -hmm. and Snuffy says, will you take the troops out immediately? And she says, oh, no, we can't do that. Hmm. We can't can't do that. And then later in the debate... She said, well, we can't do that. We can't get them out immediately. They could be there for years because there's a long drawdown process. It would be unsafe to take them all out at once, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know the details about it. The majors and generals and all those guys know it. So interestingly enough, so in other words, she is in favor, apparently. I don't see how you can make these two, you can reconcile these two things. Sure. She's in favor of not funding the soldiers while they're there because she is keeping them there. It's very confusing. It's interesting. Doesn't uh, make any it, damn sense. Um, it really it, points it, out. You know, there isn't a long drawdown process. It's put the troops on the first thing smoking out of there, just like they did in Vietnam. Um, you know, I realize there's all kinds of terrible pictures about that day that we lost Vietnam or yeah. whatever it is, but. You know, it should take a few weeks at most, I would think, right? It, it can't be that difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, that what you say there, Gardner, about politicians saying one thing and then saying uh-huh. another thing, you know, hours if not days later, mm-hmm. really goes to to to. Um, I want to suggest to Paula that she take these guys with a serious grain of salt. Just because a politician gets up on C-SPAN and says, "That's it, we've had it. We're going to defund this war effort," it doesn't really mean that anything's happening. Yeah, and I'm sure Paula's watching this stuff very closely as well, so I don't want to be fully critical of Paula in any way. Uh, just, you know, from what I saw when I was doing my show today, there wasn't anything on the agenda about defunding Iraq in, in any, in any you know, monumental way. So, I'll believe it when they're loading up the c one thirty. Right. In fact, what's taking charge right now are domestic issues. In fact, there was a big piece from the Washington Post about that, but, you know, if you want to use that to line your birdcage. Is the war on drugs a domestic issue? Oh, very, very important, Ian. Let's Absolutely. talk about that one. Because oh, yes. uh, apparently John uh, John McCain, and uh, we don't, I don't normally like talking about politicians, but when they do something totally asinine, then it's worth mentioning. Uh, John McCain was at some forum here in new hampshire i believe mm, yeah and was accosted by a woman in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah, man. poor guy unbelievable check this out here it is uh, nick gillespie writes about this over at the reason magazine blog uh posted october 1st in a blah 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 uh says here uh senator john mccain is both pushing to take his no surrender tour uh oh here it is in a 90 minute town hall meeting in Derry, new hampshire mccain challenged a woman in a wheelchair who said she needed medical marijuana to withstand the pain of her ailments. Quote, every town hall meeting I have, someone shows up and advocates for medical marijuana. I wonder why. I know. (laughs) Because it's a popular idea. I wish they'd stop talking about it. Uh, Every time I show up someplace, somebody wants to be freer. Well, screw you, you know. Um, So somebody comes and advocates for medical marijuana. And by the way, in all due respect, he said, uh, they allege that we are arresting the dead and dying, and I have seen—I I still have not seen any evidence of that. McCain told his questioner. You are looking. 
Yeah, people well, are getting a 800. We just talked about this. He sounds last like week. somebody who's not interested in hearing the truth. Obviously not. Over 830,000 Americans were arrested for uh, mar- for marijuana possession cri- crimes. Oh yeah. Uh, last year, actually, excuse me, um, 700 plus thousand of them were for p- simple possession. Some of the others were for uh, dealing. My in wife, my mom's former husband, uh, Jack Markley. Uh, dying of cancer out in California. He was uh, real big in the 60s movement and stuff like that. Hung out a lot with the dead and people mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Timothy Leary, he he um, he was dying of cancer, wanted to raise pot on his land. They were going to seize his entire place and throw him in jail. Quaint. Yeah. So, John McCain, that's, that's really great. They also had an interesting reminder. Uh, they said that, uh, just in case you forgot... Newt Gingrich also advocated the death penalty for drug dealers. And, of course, Newt oh was talking goodness. about whether he was going to run or not run. So, you know, these guys in the Republican So that was it? Side, he just shouted her down and, you know, moved yeah, on? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I mean, it, it and, and it's amazing because, again, these guys are the ones who are supposedly conservative and right. in favor of states' rights. You know what? I hope that the next time, and this does, as he pointed out, this has happened before, and it will happen again. Yeah. People will continue to bird dog, as they call it. Uh, they'll get in there to these forums, and they'll ask questions that he doesn't want to hear asked. And I just hope next time that this woman, if she gets a chance to maybe encounter John McCain again and ask that question again or something or encounter any other politician, because a lot of them love using that excuse. Well, we're not arresting. What do you mean? There are no medical patients being arrested in America. Well, then I hope she pulls out a That's joint exactly at that moment yes. and lights it up. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, I'm just going to take some of my happens. medicine right now. And, anybody, see, yeah. and she could say, anybody else sick? Yeah. And have a bag. <laughs> you know? That would be perfect. Wouldn't it be? That would yeah. that is exactly the kind of thing somebody should do. Mm. Somebody who is a cancer cancer patient, just stand there and be ready. Just walk up there and ask a question like that and say, oh, okay, let's see what happens to me. I got a bag right here. You know, some people say that that sort of an approach is uh, too radical, is something that shouldn't be done, that it's sort of an in-your-face pro-marijuana legalization movement yeah. like that yeah. uh, is just going to make us look like a bunch of drug addicts, uh, those of us who have used marijuana. Uh, it's going to make us look, you know, radical and uh, make us look bad. And I just, you know, I just, to the point, I'm to the point where I could care less what people think uh, about that. I think that it, I think that it would be incredibly effective uh, to have marijuana smokers from all walks of life, not just the dreadlocked hippie Types. Not that I don't want just stereotypical marijuana smokers. I want the doctors, the nurses, the lawyers. I want the taxicab drivers. I want everybody who uh, who smokes marijuana recreationally, not just medicinal patients. I mean, they're important too. Sure. But I think that uh, we should really have some sort of a, a national, if not New Hampshire-based day where people go up to the state house steps or their local government uh, buildings or whatever and have a, a smoke in, if you will, not necessarily indoors, but a smoke out outside of uh, whatever offices of government there are around to do this at call the media have the media there to record this thing and and show the world that marijuana smokers are responsible individuals who yeah. live normal lives yeah and that it's in this is an insane war on drugs and it needs to end why is that such a bad idea I don't know. Um, when it comes to marijuana, they can give out, you know, they can arrest without uh, taking you in. So they can just, you know, give you a court date and tell you to show up and then give you a fine and all kinds of stuff. You know, fines are easy to give out and people pay them. Well, people need to stop paying them. Okay. People need to stop paying attention to John McCain, despite the fact that he was a hero in Vietnam. Well, we'll see how he did with his fundraising numbers, because the third quarter fundraising thing is over, and Ron Paul's been kicking butt at that. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. There are bulletin board system posts there, lots of them, over a quarter of a million, and we give them all away. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So I guess we'd finished up talking about the war on drugs and all of that stuff. Uh, I think we should move in a slightly different direction and talk about freedom. Elaine Brown, name ring a bell? Yes. She mm-hmm. is the uh, the wife of Ed Brown, mm-hmm. Ed and Elaine. Both were convicted in federal court of some tax-dodging allegations, charges. And now the federal government would like to put this nice old couple, who's in their early 60s, in a jail cell for something like five years. Teach them a lesson. Um, and they don't really want to go. You know, They never really harmed anybody. They just decided they knew how to um, spend their money best. They didn't want to support the federal government anymore, so they decided to keep the money they earned and made their own decisions for their own life. Um, now the feds want to put them in jail, and the, Ed, Ed and Elaine have told the feds, look, we're not harming anybody. We're out here in our house in Plainfield. If you want to try to come and get us, we're going to shoot you. And that's where the uh, the standoff lay, uh, lies today. Yeah. Uh, they've been in their home for months now. The feds have been doing everything they can think of beyond an actual armed raid. The feds are awfully frightened of doing that after Waco and uh, right. after Ruby Ridge. Right. And, of course, now um, with the Internet, things are entirely different. Right. And now with the Internet, everybody's aware of Ed and Elaine Brown, whereas 20 years ago they would have just done the raid and been it would have been over with. Uh, but, you know, they've cut off their power. They've cut off their Internet. They've cut off their water. They're trying to flush them out. They're trying to get them to come out from their home. They're not doing it. Uh, They're not going anywhere. They want to live free. And Ed Brown is a bit of a crackpot. Let's be honest. Bit of a crack, kooky guy. Nervous kind of guy. He's uh, but but you know what he hasn't done anything wrong he hasn't actually harmed he hasn't anyone. hurt anybody right right so it doesn't matter to be what his belief system is if he believes in the Illuminati the Masons or whatever the heck it is that he believes in right you uh, know the, the fact is I don't believe in a lot of people's uh, kooky little schemes for instance I don't believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins I don't oh. think however that you should go to jail for that for believing that weird stuff right so. I just point out Ed as just to the just to contrast him versus his wife Elaine. She's far more sensible, uh, very reasonable lady, very sweet, sweet lady. You met her in person, Mark. She's really nice, um, Gardner. I don't think you've had a chance to meet her. No, I've only folks. spoken with Ed on on the phone. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you've spoken How'd that go with for you, well, it was over the radio, and, <laughs> and we had to be very close to our drop button because he, you know, again, and I've mentioned it here before. Here's a guy who is philosophically in line with him about the ethics of taxation, the the forced seizure of your wealth and the anger that people feel when you do not provide the you know, when you lack the provision of some positive thing for somebody else, it's his own choice. I don't have anything against him, but he was like real nervous with me on the air and it was very difficult. Right. Um, so that's why I want to re- read what Elaine has to say, because uh, she's really a great writer. Uh, we read an article from her a few weeks ago on the program, and now she's released another one. And by the way, you might ask yourself, well, how is Elaine doing this? How is she, if she doesn't have Internet access, how is she getting this information out? Somehow she's getting mail out of her home. I, I don't know how she's doing it, but she's sending letters 
two cat canning at the Keen Free Press. Wow. Okay. So the Keen Free Press is getting exclusives on these, and that's where I'm reading this from, keenfreepress.com. Uh, it's called Quest for Freedom. Elaine asks, where do we stand today in our country in the matter of freedom? Do we even know what freedom is today? The founders of our country knew, but it took them a couple of years to realize it. After escaping from Britain and the rules of the king, it took those brave pilgrims some time to fully realize and to be able to appreciate the fact that they had no one to whom to answer to, save their own conscience and common law, that is, common sense. What joy to know this kind of liberty, which Right, they... there weren't a bunch of cops, there weren't a bunch of redcoats, no one was over here keeping us safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, what joy to know this kind of liberty, which they had never before experienced. They could now conduct themselves as freely as they wished, as long as they honored their contracts and did no harm to another. Except for killing the Redskins. This is the total of common Red law. Coats. <laughs> and the Redskins. Oh, yeah, Redskins. Sorry, yeah, you were right on the spot. Well, I don't know if all Americans were out killing, killing Indians. It's certainly not fair to say. No, nah, probably not all of them. Uh, this is the total of common law. This is the law by which the people, the sovereigns of this country, are to abide. The law... We were intended to obey. How ludicrous to think that our fathers, founding fathers, would leave the tyranny of the king only to implement a tyranny of a strong central government. As Mel Gibson's character in The Patriot asked, quote, Why would I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? My thanks and appreciation to Robert Hart and his enlightening book, Citizen Slave, Understanding the American Sovereign Spirit, for reminding me of one crucial fact. The Constitution was written not only to guarantee our God-given rights by the Bill of Rights, but also to give the guidance of the federal government to conduct, for the federal government to conduct itself. All laws, statutes, policies, etc. apply only to them. None apply to you and me, private people. The Constitution is meant to tie down the government from mischief. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that. And, and it really is an important, if not critical, point. The, the Constitution is a set of rules as to how the government and the people calling themselves government are to operate in this country. Absolutely. It is not a set of restrictions on what you can and cannot do. There aren't any prohibitions on behavior in the Constitution. That's a great point. There are prohibitions on what the federal government can and can't do. Right, but their behavior. You. Uh, She says, uh, Title 28 in the U.S. Code defines the United States as a federal corporation. If you are not part of that corporation, i.e., you don't have any contract to do business with it, you aren't employed by it, and you aren't accepting any benefits from it, then by the right of association clause of the First Amendment, you aren't required to obey any of its dictums. It has no jurisdiction over you. And this is where we've all gone astray. We've been made to believe, through fraud and trickery, that everything Congress dictates applies to us. When in reality, it only applies to themselves and their consenting corporations, which are a creation of the state. So Nike Corporation it used to be just a regular business. At some point, the people that owned, it, owned that business decided they wanted to get into this corporation thing. And they filled out whatever paperwork they needed to fill out, paid whatever fees they needed to pay. And then the government came down and granted them this corporate status, which insulates them from, uh, from liability, for instance, amongst other things. And so by becoming a corporation, they essentially become a, an arm of the government or they become a, they, they've contracted it specifically, Mm. explicitly, with the government to do certain things. You and I, we never did that. Unless you did, in which case, well, then you are under contract with them. But I personally haven't. Gardner, I don't know about you. No. Mark, uh, I've, under I've, I've, I've uh, you know, I've incorporated some businesses in the past. I see. Okay. Well, some people assume that if you accept the social security number, which of course is forced on you at birth, then you are part of the corporation. That is what some people say, and it, it may or may not be Is that kind of true. like saying a slave accepts a brand yeah. when they're held down yeah. and given it? Yeah. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's accepting. 
Yeah. No. Right. So yeah, I don't accept the uh, the ties to government. I'm not interested in any of their services. And if I don't want to cash in on any of these go- federal government services that are out there, then how on earth could I be obligated, be responsible to pay for them? That's what she's talking about here. Uh, and she goes on. She talks more, a little bit more about corporations and freedom and standing up for liberty. And it's pretty inspirational. We'll continue her story. 800-259-9231. Take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 1-800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show are on the Shrine. And you can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Yeah. Come on. Nobody does. Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. And that's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of, uh, cornerstone of collections for more than 50 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it a bank, hospital, retail store, utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. Good folks. Yeah, 800-259-9231, that's our number. Um, by the way, uh, Gardner, you've got some sort of a book deal going on. Why yeah. don't you tell our listeners about that, because I know a lot of them like to read. Well, it was pretty needy, and because uh, I went and picked up the mail uh, from, of course, the great government United States Postal Service. Uh, too bad Lysander Spooner couldn't have broken that monopoly in the mm. late 1800s. He tried. He tried. he tried, and they put him out of business. And uh, um, so I got I got two packages, and one was the proof of the uh, the book that I've got coming out on uh, my my own articles and stuff like that. But there's another. There's a company called uh, Smart Pop Books, and they produce books of collected essays, critical essays by various writers in certain positions in the media. Um, about certain cultural phenomenon. They have a book on Lost. They have a book on the Gilmore Girls, one on the psychology of Harry Potter, hmm. um, all sorts of neat things. Uh, and so, so a little bit more, uh, a little deeper than your average pop culture might yeah, look yeah, at something. Yeah, exactly. So I'm in a book that was just released uh, just a few days ago. In fact, uh, this week is the official release date, and I got them in, in a couple copies in the, mails, in the mail uh, last week on Wednesday. And it, it is called Serenity Found, and it's about... Joss Whedon's series, Firefly, and the mm-hmm. subsequent movie, Serenity. And uh, I got to write an article about all of the libertarian themes in Firefly and Serenity. It's wow, great. Cool. I get to mention the Free State Project. And Nathan Fillion, who starred as uh, Mal, Mal Reynolds in the show, he has an essay right before mine. Hmm. Orson Scott Card, who wrote Ender's Game, he's in there. And I'm in there, and I'm like, wow, this is great. So it's called Serenity Found, and we have it linked if you go to the if you go to libertyconspiracy.com. Right. Uh, and thank you so much for letting me mention it. It's just go to so libertyconspiracy. There's a link, and they can order it. And, yep, and it should be in bookstores. Uh, Barnes Noble and Borders should be getting their copies now. And is it going to be, be Amazon? Uh, it'll be on Amazon as well. So yeah, now they I, can go through your site. So they can. Yeah. They can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and punch up, what's it called again? Serenity? It's called Serenity Found. 
Cool. I, you know, I still have yet to see that movie. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. it yet, and uh, libertarians just rave about it. Yeah. So. And you know what's funny about that is I had never seen the series because it was canceled by Fox. Right. And so As a lot all of the, good TV shows are. Right. And all these free staters said, oh, you got to go see this movie. They called me on my show. They're like, oh, the movie's coming out. We're all going to have a big party. So I went uh, to a representative's uh, place, Joel Winters, and... And he and they were having pizza and showing episodes and things, but I never got into the living room because I ended up talking with all these people who were talking about the show and different subjects, and I never made it into the other room really to watch the episodes. Mm-hmm. I had never seen an episode, so I go to see the movie, and I loved it. I didn't know anything wow. about the show, and it was still great. Cool. Yeah. I will definitely. It's on my list of uh, movies to see. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about Elaine Brown. Uh, she's the wife of Ed Brown, so-called tax evader. Uh, she's talking about freedom. She's talking about the quest for liberty. And she points out that corporations, uh, the United States is defined as a corporation according to Title 28 USC. And she says as long as you aren't part of that corporation and that you don't have a contract with it, you, aren't, uh, you haven't gone and created your own corporation, which is also a contract with the U.S. government. Uh, and uh, you don't. Therefore, if you you don't have an, an explicit agreement, you aren't required to obey any of its laws. But she points out that we've been tricked into believing that we do, and it's understandable considering it's the government that has been educating us for decades. We've got generations of people in this country now that have been, you know, a generation of people raising another generation of people, all been educated by the government. So it's understandable that we've fallen into this trap of believing that they have some sort of authority over yeah. us. Uh, She goes on, she says, of course, one can always volunteer to join the corporation, and by doing so, enjoy the privileges bestowed by it, keeping in mind that for every privilege one accepts, one gives up a right. Freedom isn't isn't for everyone. Some people want to be taken care of, and that's okay. We all have different desires, limits, and abilities. It's for none of us to judge those who choose a different path. But for those of us who choose freedom, we have not chosen the easy road. Freedom's hard work, and it is work. It's constant vigilance. It means taking care of yourself and yours, of accepting responsibility for your actions and non-actions, of being aware and considerate of those around you so as to do them no harm. Ed and I have said enough, and even though we're currently unable to leave our home without risking being unlawfully assaulted by the federales, we are now more free than we've ever been as we've boycotted any and all government claims on us. At the same time, the government has unlawfully attacked us by terminating our electricity, Internet access, television, satellite, telephone, and mail. The federal marshals keep all mail that's sent to us. The federal marshals have said they know that we've broken no laws, but they'll come against us when ordered to. And that makes them mercenaries, not law enforcement officers. On the local level, even though the law states that the police and the sheriff are duty-bound to protect us from foreign assault, Sullivan County Sheriff Michael Prozo and the other Plainfield uh, Select Board members have all stated they will not protect us. I include this personal account only to make the point of the dangers of a strong central government. Remember, injustice to one is injustice to all. And what will you do when they're at your door? And by the way, uh, the, the couple here, Ed and Elaine... When they originally started their, uh, when they were originally holing up in their house, they they had pointed out at that time that they continued to pay their property taxes, that they had always paid their property taxes. It's just the federal government was the government that they weren't paying, and then the local government decided to be complicit with the federal government and help the feds uh, try to capture Edna Lane. And it was at that point that Edna Lane said, "Well." Okay, we're paying you for your protection services, and you've now come out and stated that you don't want to protect us. Right. So you know what? Screw your property taxes too. Mm. And so now they've uh, they've decided to not pay. Apparently, those they don't care that much about the property taxes. They have enough money that they can just go ahead and run roughshod over all their citizens. 
She says, our country's gone astray, my friends, and it needs to be put right. It's time for a third Continental Congress. We're ordered by the Declaration of Independence and the New Hampshire Constitution, Article 15, the right of revolution, which, by the way, New Hampshire is one of, I think, two states... I'm not sure on the number, but very, very very few states actually have the right of revolution enshrined in their state constitutions. I don't know how much good that does you. I mean, it's, it's not like uh, the, the federal government signed on to that right. Well, it just simply points out that uh, New Hampshire found that so important. The people that, that founded New Hampshire thought that was such an important concept that they put it in their constitution. Mm. So... Uh, she says, so we should throw out the old and put in the new when the government, wherever the government no longer serves the needs of the people. We're on dangerous ground with an ever-increasing central government that infringes on states' rights and our rights. When will we stand together and say, enough? When will you stand? When the critical mass point is reached, when enough Americans take the stand, we and thousands of Americans like us will be able to walk in that freedom. It's Elaine it's Brown. A great essay. It was she, really good. She is yeah. amazing. She's a great writer. And uh, the federal government wants to put this lady in a jail cell. She is one of the few people in this country with the courage to not only uh, to not only not pay taxes, federal taxes, but also stand up and fight and stand by her convictions when indeed the federal government finally jumped down her throat when they went after her for it. And she really is a brave lady. She's just an incredible inspiration, and I hope that, that uh, you know, her essays and what they're doing there really do inspire more people to, t- to, uh, to make the stand. But it's better if you make the stand here in New Hampshire, in my opinion, yeah. because here is where the activists are coming to. This is where the Second American Revolution is already begun. Now, the, the statists, they don't realize it yet. See, they haven't quite figured it out. They've already lost, but they haven't figured it out yet. And so all it's really a matter of time now. We just need to get a, a matter of people in time. We need people to move to uh, New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and get active in the ways that they think are best. If you aren't ready to not pay taxes, then don't. Mark, you're not, you're not, uh, not in that camp yet. No. Um, you aren't interested in, in stepping out on that boat, and that's okay. There are certain things that you can do to help advance liberty Running in our for time. office is a huge thing that somebody can do that uh, is interested in liberty. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's something that we're doing here in Keene, New Hampshire. They're doing it across the state. It's really getting exciting here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. More on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. Whether you want to talk about taxes or whatever's on your mind, this is Free Talk Live. Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. Everything from Free Talk Live branded merchandise to stuff that doesn't even have our logo on it, uh, including uh, we've got stuff like uh, Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, Free Talk Live hoodies. I was wearing a Free Talk Live hoodie around town today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Were you mobbed by throngs of people? Nope. Okay. Nope. That's, it's a good thing, because I'm on the radio, so nobody knows what I look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good thing for them, too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, head over to store.freetalklive.com and place your order. Great way to get some free, uh, not free, but the, the bumper stickers are free. Uh, good, great way to get some uh, Free Talk Live swag and help the show all at the same time. So we've talked a lot on this program about intellectual property over the years. Oh, good. And different ways for business to happen in regards to music and movies. And, yeah. 
and uh, and intellectual property that's becoming more and more difficult for the government to control as the internet becomes more and more uh, part of our lives and it becomes easier and easier to transfer files online via torrent uh, via via file sharing services yeah. and that sort of thing i mean we've it's, already it's not going to get harder right we've already pointed out that the paradigm is starting to shift uh, these companies, the RIAA and the record labels and the Hollywoods, you know, they need to get with the times. They need to understand that people are going to share their products whether or not they like it. They mm-hmm. can sh- rattle the sabers all they want to and, you know, uh, send warning letters to people and be very scary, but it's not going to stop people. You know, look at the download counts on some of these online services. And you know what's interesting? That's the practical side of the principle of the thing, which is if you believe in freedom, if you believe in private contract, then government copyright and patent laws are not consistent with the idea of private contract. The government shouldn't be telling people under what circumstances they are to buy something or own something or do anything with a product that they happen to buy or create. The government shouldn't be there to say, well, someone else created a product similar to yours, Mm -hmm. so you can't release it. We gave them a patent. It's monopoly privilege, and it's uh, it's an awful idea. And it always, more often than not, it usually is enforced in favor of those who have the most resources, like these lawyer groups, Mm -hmm. these patent attorneys, uh, these companies that just hold on to patents simply so they can milk other companies when they come along and try to actually utilize these ideas and institute these technologies to better our lives. Um, So, I mean, there's all kinds of things we could talk about on how bad the government system is. But what I think is interesting is looking at some of the future solutions to distributing um, entertainment content. Because when we talk, when I get on the air and I advocate ending intellectual property, the concept of uh, government monopoly privilege uh, with regards to copyright and patent and, and so on and so forth, people inevitably will call in or, or think in their minds, well, what about the artists? What about the musicians? Great thought. What about the, you know, the movie makers? How will they profit? Well, first of all, that's up to them to figure out. Right. And Radiohead, a uh, relatively popular mainstream band, has uh, decided to give it a go. Uh, give it a go, meaning to distribute their record, their new record, in a way that, well, hasn't really been done that much. Not in the world of mainstream music. It's been done uh, by by more internet artists that n- nobody knows. Right. So this is kind of uh, revolutionary in that it's being done by a mainstream artist. Uh, according to Telegraph.co.uk, Radiohead, the internationally renowned band, has taken the u- unusual step of telling fans that they can pay as much or as little as they would like for the band's new album called In Rainbows. In a break from industry tradition, the UK band famous for hits including Creep, Paranoid Android, and Karma Police has told fans that it's up to you what they pay to digitally download the album. Hmm. This isn't the first time that an artist has opted to charge nothing for its album, but the move is significant because Radiohead remains one of the biggest bands in the world. Radiohead is free to sell its album directly from its official website because it's no longer tied to a record label. Awesome. Wow. So far, the album is only available to pre-order from the website, where it will be available to download on release on October 10th. While loyal fans are likely to want to pay the band something, customers could opt to pay as little as 45, uh, they give P, I suppose that means pounds, 45 pence, pence, pence. that's got to be what it is, 45 pence, which is the credit card handling fee. 
The album's also available separately as part of a 40-pound box set, which includes the album on CD, two vinyl records, and a CD with additional songs, photos, artwork, and lyrics. And, you know, the fact is, some people are always going to want to have that product they can hold in their hands. It sure is convenient to get MP3 downloads, and, you know, a lot of people have their MP3 players that they're going to want those things for. But there are those fanatics, the people that really love the band, that understand that if they don't buy the albums, then Radiohead just might decide to throw in the towel and Plus never they do just want to possess it. Well, you know, right. one of the interesting things is I think I'm going to mention to you guys, uh, I'm friends with a guy from Canada named Danko Jones. He's mm-hmm. from Toronto. He's a great, unbelievable, really, really testosterone-fueled garage punk guy. He is huge over in Europe, open for the Rolling Stones. Everybody knows him in Sweden. He's connected with all these garage punk bands from Stockholm. He's an amazing guy. He is totally in favor of downloading. And we had a conversation a a few years ago. I said, look, the way I see this going, Danko, is right now the way downloading works, it seems to me that the music that is going to be produced will be, and this is sort of before the iPod had come around, and now there are all sorts of alternative ways for people to be able to download music through through uh, different websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spiral Frog now allows you to download for free as long as you see and, and, and you know frequent their advertisers, and mm-hmm. they pay money to ASCAP and BMI, and those, those uh, people who get the downloads will get money for however many downloads they get. But I was saying, you know, the, the music itself, the actual CD that you listen to, which is going to go by the wayside, the MP3s, are going to seem to be almost like promotional items for tours. And the bands yes. will make most of their money on the tours or find other ways on the Internet to make their money. And they won't have to pay. They won't have to give up all their sovereignty to the record companies well, anymore. Well, not to yes. mention that, that the profit is going to be um, go entirely to the band. If somebody decides, I'll pay $10 for this new album that they're releasing or whatever term they use. They'll I, get all 10 after they, the credit card how, fee. How do they describe that? It's not a CD. It's not an album. It's a, They still call it an album, I think. They call it an album? Yeah. Okay. Um, for the, I'll pay $10 for this new album. Well, what, how much went to the band back then? A right. buck? Maybe. Right. Yeah. 50 cents. Right, because a, a chunk goes to the record company, a chunk goes to the retailer, and uh, whoever's wholesaler, whoever the in-between uh, person is. Yeah, it's likely there was a distributor between the uh, record company and the retailer. Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the names of them, but when I was working at Kmart, there were definitely a uh, distributor yeah, there. Yeah, there. There, there are in many in, um, companies, and they're, you know, they're set up around the United States so that... That, that, that they distribute sure. it, right? So it's actually putting more money into the artist's pocket, this sort of way of uh, directly connecting an artist to a listener. And so here's Radiohead saying, well, pay what you think it's worth, which is a really just a brilliant way to approach things. Because how many times have you gone out and bought an album... You know, you heard a single on the radio, and you go out and buy an album, and you, you think, okay, great, love that single, and then the whole album's crap, except for the single and maybe one other song. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, then you, you're like, oh my god, I just threw $18 down a hole, I can't take this thing back, it's a terrible album, and you know what, I'm never going to buy that band's album again. And, you know, that could do a lot of damage as well, whereas Radiohead's saying, here, we'll give you our album, you tell us how much you think it's worth. Pretty cool. It's very similar to what we're doing here on Free Talk I think Live. it's a good idea. Very yeah. similar to what we're doing on this show, where we give away this radio show on our website at freetalklive.com, and then we ask our listeners to join the AMP program if they if they like the show, if they want to support Free Talk Live. They can do it for as little as 3 bucks a month, and the reason it's not lower than that amount is because, well, PayPal takes a like a 30-cent chunk, and if it were any less than that, we really wouldn't get much of it, uh, but, but 3 bucks a month or more. Some people think it's worth more, so they pony up 10 
or 25. You know, it's up to you. You decide. Anyway, uh, it's Radiohead's first album since Hail to the Thief, which was released in 2003, after which the band's contract with EMI Capital Records expired. It's likely that many millions, uh, many of its millions of diehard fans will be unable to resist buying the box set, which will be available in December, while Radiohead will not be required to share its profits with either a record label or shops. Radiohead could even benefit from those who ignore the box set and choose to pay nothing to download the album from Radiohead's online shop. Where how they... is that? They will be required to register their details and therefore become targets for future marketing campaigns. Hmm. Free albums also drive demand for live tours, which translate into pound signs for the artists behind them. A great example of this is Prince, who in July gave away his album 3121 for free in the United Kingdom through the Daily Mail. So he actually gave away a CD in a newspaper. Hmm. And he subsequently announced 21 tour dates in London, all of which sold out. Radiohead has the financial welly and is sufficiently well-known to be confident enough that the move is a risk worth taking, but it might also become an answer for those lesser-known bands that struggle to be signed by a record label or are reluctant to share their profits. You know what's fascinating is if you look at the history of music, you see some of the large swing bands like uh, uh, the Benny Goodman Band and those guys. Uh, after a while, they couldn't afford to go out on tour anymore because they had you know, 20, 30 members. When electric bands came around, there was a changeover. Those guys could go out... You look at certain bands like XTC, Andy Partridge doesn't perform live. They're going to have to figure out a different way to be able to handle their professions. 800-259-9231, and they are. In fact, they have to. Either figure it out or you die. (laughs) More coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch in hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls and start with Aaron in Canada. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's Uh, on your mind? Well, this is on behalf of myself. It's on behalf of Alex Jones. Um, there is. Uh, I'll begin that uh, we were my mother and I, a profile attacked and left bloodied in the middle of an aisle of an aircraft uh, in Northwest Airlines, January 18th of 2006, which has been mass media, government-aligned, censored from people. Who, who attacked you? Uh, airport police following a uh, profiling incident in which my mother was a classic case accused of a suspicious bag aboard the aircraft after having gone through security. How old's your mother? Uh, six, 63. 63. When did this occur? January 18, 2006, Minneapolis, Minnesota Airport, aboard a Northwest Airlines aircraft. Northwest Airlines is CIA cooperative, exposed in uh, a scandal, having given 6,000 CDs to the FBI for purposes of profiling. And many Americans, that uh, which, is, which, which the uh, Google and... Other organizations amongst the government would keep censored from your knowledge uh, have also succumbed to the same profiling So tactics. were you on the way back to Canada at this time as you were calling from Canada? Yes, I was. We were. And so you we had gotten pro- on the plane. What exactly happened? Uh, we were profiled. My mother was accused of harboring a suspicious bag. There was a false, false report of our rate passenger put out to, to Minneapolis Airport Police. 
um, when I alluded to making complaints about profiling, we'd been profiled on our way down, actually. We got into our hotel without our baggage. Uh, the airline had claimed they had lost it, but it found out, we found that when we had the baggage delivered to our hotel three hours after our arrival, the baggage had is fixed on a note that detailed this baggage has been searched, seized, locks cut due to security concerns. Um, I'm going to make this story very truncated. There has been, uh, since then, a secret trial. Uh, there were NSA, CIA, and FBI in the, ju- FBI in the jury pool. Um, and to the disbelievers, you can see those uh, scanned in documents in hard copy from the trial, because I made it back to Canada, the details of which uh, the uh, charged ex-U.S. Marine, Judge Doty, which can be seen at CLR.org under federal judges. He has okay, slow down a second him. here. Slow down. Let me see if I've got this straight. Alex he, is, in, is in danger. Okay, I'm we don't, in danger I, because I'm we, being false. People don't know who that is, okay? You're on Free Talk Live. That's that's not the show you're referencing. So okay. uh, we've got a, an audience across the country that doesn't even have, know who you're referencing. Now, we're okay. talking about you and your mother here. Yeah, um, right. So yeah. you say that you and your mom were on the plane. The feds came in and uh, airport police or whoever they were, they came in and they atta- they physically attacked you. And I was just coming back from the Mayo Clinic to see about an injury to my arm. I had the use of one arm. Yes, I was tased I was by two police officers left in the pool of blood and then falsely implicated for assault on a police officer after they realized that my mother was sitting by, idly by watching this, afraid to speak. And there were witnesses to this. And so on a jury pool housed, how, that housed on it members and or, and or affiliates of CIA. Okay, hold FBI. on, hold on, hold on. So okay. then they arrested you and your mother? They arrested no, you? just me, just me. Okay, so they didn't they... know she was there. But the mother, but it was allegedly her bag that was suspicious, right? That 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 issue was just a ruse. It was designed to villainize us before the cabin and the audience of the passengers, in order that they could put out this false complaint. Okay, so then they arrested you, and where did they take you to? Well, they didn't arrest me. They attacked me. I asked them, "Am I under arrest? Am I committed any crime? Am I being charged?" "No, no, you're not." Uh, then they demanded, uh, "Well, and uh, then may I, may I, I said, may I ask under whose authority you're acting?" That question garnered the attack that I received, and and one and uh, three quarter years ago, there are Miranda rights that are necessary to be involved in an arrest procedure. There are no Miranda rights. There was no warning. There was simply an attack mm-hmm. on an individual coming back from the hospital needing surgery with the use of one arm. Gotcha. I was left in a pool of blood in the middle of the aisle of an aircraft. Got that part. Then th- they left. They just left you in the uh, the middle of the aircraft. No, they no. I was taken to hospital to, to close the twelve stage gap in my head. I see. Uh, uh, close up my head. Okay. And Did your mother it, continue on the trip? And she, no, you they just, tried to confine her to the aircraft and make her go to Canada without me, which would point, we're told that that would have had dire consequences for me, given what uh, the fallout was afterwards. Um, but no, they, uh, we both went in, to, in ambulance to the hospital. From there, I was uh, jailed and interrogated by FBI. Who tried you were to jailed me. but not ever arrested? Exactly. So no you were never arrested. charged with anything or what? I mean, if you're going no, to jail, charges, you've obviously been arrested. Actually, well, for arrest, you have to be right, Miranda right. That's not to, true. That's only okay. if they're going to question you. Okay. Well, there was there was an attack. There was no form. There there was an attack, and then after I was attacked without cause, uh, then I, there was a handcuffing, and that was it. And off to the hospital, and then from there to the Hennepin County Judiciary, which has been exposed as criminally corrupt since then on my website. Now, the, what is your website again? AaronJamesStory.com. These people are all criminals. Again, the website is Aaron, double A R O N. That's A A R O N, J A M E S, S T O R Y. dot C O M. and you're saying AaronJamesStory.com. You're saying that on that site you've got actual court documents that reveal. I've got. I've got, I've got exactly. I'm not supposed to be here back in Canada. The judge is a tyrant. He's a, he's a criminal. He's got charges against him. That's exposed. 
He didn't like being told by the prosecution that he should keep us there until sentencing because we were a flight risk, so he turned the white noise on, threatened the prosecuting attorney not to give him orders in his own courtroom, in order despite only despite his junior associate, the prosecution sent us back into, uh, into Canada on the, th- on the threat that if I did not return, that he would send U.S. And Mar- US Marshals into Canada, uh, likening it, them to bloodhounds and Hollywood. So they actually system. let you go. What were the That's charges right. that they uh, were going after you with? Originally a felony offense, and what they charged me with, which went to completion, which were, which were false charges in the first place, was minor assault on a police officer. Uh, now, they've since put my name on the FBI sites under major crimes, even though it's, even if, I, even if the false verdict was true, it would have been a minor crime. They have uh, terrorized family, friends, and associates, left threatening messages to the effect of stay out of our way or else, Hmm. Raised people's phone lines, sent me viruses, sent FBI agent Mark Rensselaer. Do you to my do home. you have any of these alleged messages that they've uh, left for people? Are those also at your website? Uh, I actually have to upload the cyber threats that were given, but the jury pool is is there right now. You can see the members that were there. You can see that that the judge is charged. His name is Judge David Estodi at CLR. So, are you planning on going back? back or are you what? going to stay in Canada? Oh, I think I'll stay for the time being. The Globe and Mail national paper has been given this story, and this is going to be an international incident and scandal momentarily, but this gets worse. They're trying to prevent that process, which is why I'm on the air speaking to you today, because media, government, aligned censorship don't want people like yourself knowing about this. And the next the latest thing that they've done is, since I'm exposing them, and the, uh, the, even the jury pool, beyond the jury pool, the Hennepin County Judiciary has been exposed as corrupt with an occult Collusion and, uh, corruption and collusion between prosecution and judges designed to target victims of police brutality, uh, the poor and minorities. That's a quote from Jill Clark Defense Coalition, Minneapolis. Well, that's no. I mean, that's not news. I mean, the, the government obviously uh, is working with itself to put as yeah. many people in prison cells as possible in this country. I mean, the, right. America has the highest rate of incarceration of the entire uh, entire world. Sure. Uh, so there's no doubt about that. That they are definitely colluding, and there's yeah. definitely corruption in this court system. Yeah. And I, I wish you the best of luck. Once again, your website. What was it? AaronJamesStory.com. You missed the bigger story here. We're being falsely implicated with assassination attempt against the United States president at this point. They're alleging that you attempted to assassinate the president? They're alleging that I have websites that are alluding to that under the guise of kill Bush, die Bush die, etc., etc., which have my name on it, Alex Jones' name from Infowars.com, and a a plethora of radical jihad and Islamic rhetoric. Are they your websites or not? Wrong. They're not my websites, but they're all pointing towards my website with my URL at the very top to make me look like I'm implicated. That gives Judge David Estodi leverage to act on his illegal threats made in the courtroom to the effect of... Well, that's pretty outrageous because anybody can put up a webpage with whatever links they want on it. Just because you link to somebody's website shouldn't mean that you have any culpability for what those people say. Uh, Uh, Actually, it would be federally actionable under the Patriot Act, and and they would try to link it to me. It Uh, doesn't surprise me. Uh, best, well, yeah. best of luck bringing as much attention to this as possible. It sounds like an outrage, and I hope that you're, you know, I'd like to I'd like to hope you're the only one they've done this to, but I get the feeling that you're not. Probably not. Aaron, good luck. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Is I want to hear some of those uh, video record, uh, the uh, audio recordings of uh, people being, you know, the threats. The threats. Yeah. yeah, I would like to hear that, too. Um, very interesting, though. Um, he's got you the know. site. So. Yeah, he's got his own website. Uh, go check it out for yourself. That's his call, his claim. Very interesting, and if it's true, then it's scary, isn't it? The idea that these things are going on under our noses without us even knowing about it in this country. How many other people have come under similar suspicion and similar circumstances and a similar uh, detention or arrest? 800-259-9231. Brad's on the line in New Hampshire. We'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, archives there, an entire year's worth of the show, front page, downloadable on on us. Go check them out, freetalklive.com. Um, by the way, we just, uh, let's see, we just got off the phone with a guy who had just an amazing story. I don't know how true it is. Gardner, you're sort of... Uh, delving through his yeah, website I'm checking right now. His website right now. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I don't have time to really check it all out myself, but it's, it's depressing. I mean, his story essentially is that he and his, uh, his mother were returning to Canada and they were on an airplane and they were accosted by the police. He apparently was bloodied, beaten by the police, uh, all over alleged suspicious bag. And, you know, then they, uh, arrested him and put him into a kangaroo court. He managed to escape back to Canada after they let him out, and they want him to come back for another trial. It's just, it's just sad, uh, you know. Even if his if his story's true, it's really outrageous. Whether or not it's true, we know there are similar stories going on in this country. Jose Padilla, uh, another American citizen who was uh, was un- unjustly arrested, um, not charged with any sort of crime for years, and then finally given a trial, which. The, the jury was totally set up on that uh, on that man's trial. They came to court wearing red, white, and blue in the three different jury rows uh, that they, that they sat in. Oh, I don't know if they were set up ahead of time, but they certainly uh, they didn't give him a fair trial. Right. Well, they were picked because of their uh, because of their nationalism or picked because mm-hmm. of their ignorance. And so there's no doubt that whether or not that guy's story is true, no doubt that there's some in, uh, there's a whole lot of injustice in this country. And the, the the court system is out of control. We're arresting just innocent people. People are spending time in jail cells that they shouldn't be, and it really can get you down. And coming up, Mark, you're going to give us seven tips as to how to find happiness. Because in these times, these dark, dark times of tyranny in this country, I think those are pretty important. Those are things we need to talk happiness about. Happiness is a good thing. We'll get to that. But first, we go to the phones, and we're going to talk to Brad in New Hampshire on the Amplifier line. Hello, Brad. Hey, guys. Mark makes me happy. Mm. That's good. He makes me happy, too. <laughs> What's on your mind? Wow, that last guy was pretty angry, huh? Well, if, if what he claims uh, is happened to him is true, he certainly has a right to be. Yeah, well, uh, I keep, I'd ask everyone to remember there's three sides to every story. You know, his side, her side, and what really happened. So um, either way, uh, to back you up, Ian, what you said is absolutely true. The police do not have to, under, under any circumstance, read someone their Miranda rights unless they're interrogating them. And I've actually read quite a few uh, federal uh, appeals court cases that show that um, people who try to sue because the police did not read them their Miranda rights, mm. the, courts, um, the courts continuously rule that um, you can't sue for monetary damages because the remedy is the exclusionary rule. So basically whatever someone says um, just isn't admissible in court. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. But the real reason I was calling is to talk about the drinking age. Sure. And uh, I listened to your show the other day, and you were quoting some woman from some institute, some angry mother about the drinking age and how she thinks, you know, the drinking age should be 52 or something like that. <laughs> do, do, um, do, what was that organization? Do you remember? Mothers Against Drunk Driving? Honestly, I don't recall. I, oh, I'm not okay. sure. Well, let me tell you, um, the drinking age in this country is absolutely absurd. It is absurd. Um, I have seen countless times where, where kids who don't know how to drink – they they go with their friends, like you were talking about. They get drunk in the woods. You know, a lot of times people get sexually assaulted. They yep. they suffer from alcohol poisoning. And it's all because 
it's all because kids have to learn how to drink irresponsibly. And, you know, if parents could teach their kids how to drink, this country would be so much safer. Absolutely. And politicians don't want to admit it. You know, these, these groups, they just want to, you know, continue to treat, um, you know, our citizens as second-class citizens. I mean, if you're 20 years old and you have a beer, you are going to be arrested. Mm-hmm. And, and it is ridiculous. You know, if, if you walk into the mobile gas station, or any gas station for that matter, you, look, at the, look at the shelves. You can buy singles of beer. Now, what's the point of that? Um, the only point to buy a single from a gas station is to drink it while you drive. <laughs> how, hypocritical, how hypocritical is that? You go into one of our state liquor stores, and right at the checkout, they have nips. I mean, when's the last time you went to a party and you saw someone, you know, taking out a nip and filling up their glass? I mean, it's, right. it, it, it is so absurd. Right. Ridiculous. By the way, for anybody just uh, just tuning in or who doesn't know, here in New Hampshire, the government has the monopoly over alcohol distri- yeah. or liquor distribution. They, the yeah. liquor stores are government-run here. Yeah. And so, New, New, New Hampshire is one of, I believe, 18 control states that, under the 21st Amendment, directly control the sale of alcohol. And let me tell you, alcohol is far more dangerous than marijuana. And the you know the government says you can drive, but if you do. Buy it from us. Buy a single from our stores. <laughs> you know, it is, it is so hypocritical. Well, they get, it, that way they can get you on both ends, see? It's yeah. not necessarily hypocritical. They're going to make money on you when you buy the alcohol, and then they're going to make yep. money on you when you get caught for drinking and driving. Let me tell you, if I was a parent, um, I would much rather know, which I'm never going to be a parent um, in this world, but uh, if, if I never was say parent, never, Brad. Yeah, that's true. I, gotta, I have I gotta, a vasectomy. You don't. Yeah, well, that's that's what I got to do. Um, but if uh, if I had a child, I would be much. I would have much more peace of mind knowing that my 16-year-old was smoking marijuana than drinking, because it is so much safer. Politicians don't want to admit it, and um, let me tell you, I have experience in this area. I've seen it, and you know, I have no um, no you know pharmacology uh, you know degree in in drug science or anything like that. But I've seen it for eight plus years in law enforcement. Yep. And there's absolutely no way to say that marijuana is more dangerous than alcohol. The it's only- just common sense. I mean, no. anybody who's ever come into contact with uh, with a, a belligerent drunk versus somebody who's smoked a lot of marijuana will be able to tell you that there's a, just a critical difference between oh, the two. Man. The ONDCP is so full of it, and that is an organization we need to just get rid of. It's a way, you know, it's our taxpayer dollars that are being used to propagandize and spread lies. And all it's doing is making drugs more available for children. If, if marijuana was regulated, we could keep it out of the hands of kids. Um, ah, I don't want it to be regulated. Then that just gets the government's mitts into it all from a different angle. I think well, that what we need to do is just take the government's hands out entirely and allow the marketplace to self-regulate it well, uh, on it's, its own. It's easier. If you ask high school kids, it's much easier, and I have seen this, and I know it to be true. I don't care what any organization says. I don't care what the ONDCP says. I don't care what the DEA says. Kids find it much easier to get marijuana than alcohol because it's alcohol true. is regulated. But let's talk about alcohol, though. I mean, that's why you called in in the first place was the mm-hmm. drinking age. And, you right. know, let's let's talk about what happens when, when kids go out and they go to these uh, parties, whether they be in, out in the woods or out at somebody's parents' house who aren't home for the weekend. And then the cops show up, as this, they, they do so often, because for some reason, I think, I think there are some cops that, you know, they didn't get invited to the high school parties, and so they get a real <laughs> kind of perverse pleasure out of breaking them up. Well, uh, 
Um, I, I got invited, but I didn't go because I didn't want to get caught. Uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> and, well, but what happens though? I mean, when the cops show up, the kids scatter. They run. I mean, they know it's a they know it's a risk in the first place. And then if their friends get arrested, all that really does. I mean, besides add a few more hundred dollars to the uh, the, the coffers of the state after mm-hmm. the kids have paid their fine, all it does is just make the kids hate the police. It, okay, and I, I realize that Tom from New Hampshire would like to have the likes of me bumped off, but I, I must say I completely agree with him on his view on, on drinking. And um, he actually makes a lot of good points. It's too bad that he skews his, uh, his image with his, uh, you know, cop-killing propaganda. Yeah, you're but, right. Um, he does have very good, uh, very good points. Kids will, kids will run into the woods, and, and I have seen kids get hurt running into the woods. And Absolutely. Then, then the police have to search for them, and it is, uh, you know... It's it, also totally unnecessary. All those cops could have been out investigating real crimes. Brad, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, as <laughs> always. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to, to uh, get interactive. W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones... And I believe we're going to talk to somebody who is involved in the Free State Project, perhaps at least. Uh, Chris in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, how you doing? All right, is this Chris. the uh, Chris who is organizing the Liberty Forum? This is. Hey, hey all right. Good man. So uh, what do you got for us? What's on your mind tonight, Chris? Uh, I wanted to give you guys a little update. Last time I spoke to you, um, we had some speakers, and we just confirmed a bunch more, and I figured Ooh. you guys might be interested in those speakers. All Are right. these uh, speakers even up on your website yet? Yeah, um... Three of them are. Two okay. of them are. Okay, so we're going to get some exclusives here. This is a world exclusive on Free Talk Live. So two that are on the list. Um, Ethan Nadelman from the Drug Policy Alliance has mm-hmm. agreed to speak, and he's looking forward to coming to New Hampshire. Great. Great. Um, that's a big, know, big, that's a big deal. Ethan Nadelman's a big deal. We're having a bit and, uh, of uh, communications issues here. I'm not sure what's going on. Are you okay over there? Can you hear us? Yes. Chris? Okay, cool. So Ethan Nadelman, who else? Um, Peter Christ from Leap. Law Enforcement uh, Against Prohibition. That'll be fantastic. Now, that's cool because it'd be a little Leap variety. Last year during the Liberty Forum, again, we're talking about the Free State Project Liberty Forum. It's happening, I think, uh, January 3rd through the 6th in 2008. We went last year. Garter, you were there. It Absolutely. was a fantastic event. The more, more liberty-oriented people all gathered together in the same place than you'd ever seen. Now, last year you had Jack Cole from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, so... Peter Christ is one of the other founding members of LEAP. So it would be nice to have a little bit of variety in the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition uh, presentations. What else do you have? Yeah. Um, we also have another speaker in the same realm as uh, Barry Cooper from Never Get Busted. Nice. Excellent. Mark, did you help with that one? Yeah. I did a, a bit. Uh, Barry, Barry Cooper's uh, you know, helped us as, as far as being on the air and that kind of thing. And uh, we, we've kind of created a little bond with him. He is entertaining. He's very, yes. very entertaining. So I'm and looking that's forward a big to deal. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. cool. What else, Chris? And another one that I know Gardner's going to love, and this is also, Mark helped me a lot with this. Drum is, uh, roll. Author F. Paul Wilson yes. will be speaking. <laughs> yes, yes. Way to go, Chris. We just had him on our show on Friday, and uh, Paul and I have been emailing each other and uh, he kept that one. He was saying, well, you know, we're talking and so on and so forth, Guard. And uh, I am so glad you were able to work that out. And I hope people, if they're listening, bring your F. Paul Wilson books, meet F. Paul, because sure. he is right in line with us. That's so great, Chris. All right. And what? he'll be there for the whole event. He wants to be there from start to finish. Oh, He's gonna man. Hang with us some days. Tell him to bring his guitar. <laughs> All right. Who else? Um, so those are the four new ones that we've confirmed. We have a couple people who are on the fence, and I'm not allowed to announce them, mm-hmm. but we have a couple of two big names, but we just haven't confirmed it 100%. Yet. Is there a chance that a certain presidential candidate might be in attendance this year? I would say that he'll probably be in attendance depending on the timing of the New Hampshire primary. Gotcha. Well, very good. Um, hey, Chris, I, uh, we're going to have to let you go. We're having some trouble with the phone lines here, but thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the uh, the world-exclusive announcements right here on Free Talk Live. Great work. Uh, adding on to the list of just amazing libertarians and pro-liberty activists that are going to be in attendance uh, at this coming upcoming uh, New Hampshire Liberty Forum, again, January 3rd through the 6th, in uh, right here in lovely Nashua, New Hampshire, as a matter of fact. So last year it was in Concord. This year it'll be in Nashua. Yeah. And the hotel's going to be bigger uh, because last year it sold out. The hotel's already on the way towards selling out this year. And so go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about it. Our buddy Jim Babka from Downsize DC is going to be in attendance yet again. Uh, Jim Lark from the uh, Libertarian Party. Sharon Harris, Advocates for Self-Government. Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar. Uh, Scott McPherson from the Future of Freedom Foundation. We just read an article from one of his uh, compatriots the other night. Uh, in fact, uh, he mentioned Peter Christ. Carla Howell is going to be there from the Center oh, for Small great. Government. There, Carla is one of the um, she's one of the people behind the the effort to repeal the income tax in the state of Massachusetts. Right. Uh, and she's run for governor in the past as a libertarian candidate there as well. So, you know, um, just super a, activist. A little, a little bit of word, word of advice to uh, somebody who's been at one of these: book your ho- hotel rooms now, because if you don't, you're going to be you're going to be uh, taking a taxi cab in January to this hotel in Nashua. Yeah, because you're not going to want to wa- uh, walk. That's for sure. You have to take a cab if you don't get the hotel rooms. Yeah. And uh, there's an early registration discount, so I mean, there's no reason to not get involved now. If you think this is something you want to go to, it is the Liberty event of the year. And if, I mean, Ron Paul was there last year. That much I think we can say. And I know they're they're probably working diligently to nail him down for this one. So well, this year's probably going to, um, this one that's coming up is probably going to be as good as um, the last one, if not better. And oh, yeah. the primary is involved, too. So they're going to be having the primary in New Hampshire at that time, and I'm sure there's going to be news people oh, I bet. Um, you know, all over the place. And those news people will probably want to sleep, and they'll want to sleep in a hotel room. Oh, if you yeah. don't want to miss this, get your hotel now. Let's continue yeah. with the phone calls. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Nick in South Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live, Nick. Nick, South Dakota. Uh, Hello. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to add to the conversation last week about uh, government shutting down. Yes, in Michigan. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm actually referring to the Minnesota one about oh. what was it, a year or two ago, something like that. Okay. Um, me and my family just happened to go to vac- go on vacation while that was going on. We had no idea it even happened. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and with the government around, everybody tries to, the news organizations and the government tries to make it sound like it's this big deal. Oh, no, government's shutting down. What will you do without our services? 
well, we'll get on with our lives. Thanks we'll very be fine. much. fine. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, the only thing that I noticed was, like, the rest stops were closed, but I didn't realize quite why. I thought they were just maintenance or something like that. But There you go. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. But, uh, hey, Mark, do you remember the whole fire manwich thing that we went through a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really disappeared <laughs> now. <laughs> Good times. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Nick. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. All right, let's see how many of these happiness things uh, we can get through here before the end of the show, Mark. Uh, ten, uh, seven, timeless tips. As to how to find happiness from the positivity blog, which sort of ties into what we've been talking about, or we talked about it relatively recently on the show, the idea that you know you can do what you want with your life and create what you want, create your own universe, that sort of thing, sort of this metaphysical concept. Uh, Julia and I just watched The Secret last night, Mark, as a matter of fact. So. Watch it again? What do you think of that? Well, Julia hadn't ever watched it, so it was her first time. I see. I, I love it. I thought it was I thought it was phenomenal. You know, originally when I heard about it, uh, I heard that it was just, oh, it's just metaphysical. If you dream it, then it'll happen. But that's not it. It's sort of like Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking, that sort of thing, where, yeah, you got to think positive, but you have to do, do something. Things. You right. have to do something to achieve those positive goals. It's a little cheesoid. It's a mm-hmm. little bit on the cheesy side, um, yeah. but you know, there's really good information in there, and it's a really positive message. For right? People. They make it. They 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 lay it out that uh, there's a, a spiritual force in the universe that if you think positively and believe in yourself, that that spiritual fo- spiritual force is going to reward you. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Um, I believe it is, but. At the I've same time, life. if you believe, if you do positive things and you believe in in yourself, it's going to work. Who cares why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right, I, right. I think the secrets. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good thing. Um, it, it's a little hokey, um, you know, crystals and uh, patchouli, but uh, you know, <laughs> so what? I, I that's I, that's what I want from right. my religion. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We've got uh, seven timeless tips. We'll get to them, but we got to go to the phones first. Bill in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gard and Mark. Good evening. Good hey, evening, Bill. Bill. What's on your mind? <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, I just uh, heard you guys talking about the doing a little civil disobedience for you know marijuana prohibition. Mm, yes. And you know, one of the things that I think uh, you know it goes into a really well-crafted sort of civil disobedience thing, rather than doing it off the cuff, is to really sort of compare and contrast, you know, the issue that you're trying to bring up so that, you know, anybody who's walking by or only gets, you know, a little sound bite or, you know, kind of skewed news clipping kind of almost really can't miss what your message is. So, you know, probably something that would be really interesting to do for something like marijuana is sort of try and get away from having it only be about marijuana because you're going to have people whose brains are so shut off and polarized against it that you're like to, never I'd like to I'd like you to expound on that idea. Hang on, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and AMP Free Talk Live. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. It is a simple process. You go and get signed up via PayPal or any major credit card or one of our other... Uh, payment options, and then you 
you know, you get a little, you get a few perks. You get access uh, access to the Amp Only call in line. You get access to the Amp Only chat room and forum. But more importantly, you're contributing money on a voluntary basis to this show and helping Free Talk Live spread to more radio stations across the country. We've got 30 of them so far. That's great. We'd like that to be 90, maybe 300. We'll get there eventually with your help if you go to amp.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest's mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. SavvyRest.com as we go back to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, who was going to expound a bit on uh, his idea for a marijuana protest that shouldn't just be focused on marijuana. Is that Am I understanding you correct so far, Bill? Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, the, the focus obviously is, is to sort of, you know, call attention to the ridiculousness of marijuana prohibition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the way to go about that is sort of, you know, to, to you know, not focus purely on marijuana as, you know, the entire act of civil disobedience, but to bring people out there and have them all do, you know, a wide variety of things which may or may not be legal or beneficial to you, you know. So, you know, you can have, you know, somebody out there drinking alcohol, somebody smoking tobacco. Mm, somebody maybe a little Texas Hold'em or something like that. So, something like that. Yeah. But, but you know, show, you know, that, that all these people are out there doing all these different activities, you know, mm. be taking some uh, drugs that used to be by prescription only and now are over the counter or taking, you know, a prescription that's been expired or something that is, is you know, claimed by the FDA to be perfectly safe for everybody to take, but you don't have a prescription for it. And say, you know, why are these things all, you know, legal or, you know, judged to be, you know, healthy for you? Why is marijuana this this whole big different thing? You know, why do we have politicians in charge of determining whether or not something is safe or good for you and yeah. not doctors. I think it's a great idea. So yeah. a, uh, you could exp- you're basically you're suggesting expand it out to be more than just pot, but also a lot of different maybe victimless crimes. Maybe just have a uh, just a, a victimless crime protest where well, people... Well, that and, and also, you know, com- compare it and contrast it with a lot of things that aren't even crimes at all. Right. And but... say, what is the difference? And have people try and, you know think about it and say, yeah, why is this one thing legal and that one's not? You know, I mean, you had a guy call in before saying, you know, alcohol and tobacco are probably, you know, a thousand times more detrimental to your health than marijuana ever would be. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of policemen, you know, at the the company that I used to work for, and they all agreed that, yeah, alcohol is way, way more disruptive, you know, to to social order and, you know, the peace and all that up stuff than marijuana ever was. And they all want to see, you know, all of this marijuana prohibition just go away. So, you know, why not sort of, you know, bring the real crux of the issue, which isn't the marijuana itself, but that politicians are in charge of this and not doctors. Uh, I tell you, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask uh, what you thought about incorporating any concept of federalism there, or would it more be just a, a general approach towards educating people about victimless crimes? Um, I mean, you definitely could throw something in there uh, yeah. about federalism. You know, why isn't a, a state's rights issue or something like that? But, I mean, why should the state even be in, in charge of it? You know, right. you're just right. invoking a different level of politician. Why, aren't, why isn't this a medical issue, you know, instead of a criminal issue? You know, if somebody puts this together, I will show up. Uh, so I, I hope somebody <laughs> takes the initiative and actually puts an event like this together. I think it's a fantastic idea, Bill. 
Thank yeah, you. I, I think it would go off well, and you know, yeah. depending on who showed up and you know what kind of media coverage we got, I think it would really turn out, you know, as a, a real educational, you know, uh, thing. It'd someday. be great if you. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ian. I was going to say someday this can happen. I mean, right here in New Hampshire, I think this is going to be the perfect opportunity eventually once we have enough activists here uh, to pull something like that off. And I think it's a brilliant idea, Bill. Yeah. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. You know, it'd be particularly right. great if you could get some high-profile people like John Stossel, Drew Carey, some high-profile libertarians out there to say, "Hey, look, you know, nobody, no third." Party party is being harmed when a man and a woman make a contract or a man and a man make a contract or a woman and a woman mm-hmm. make a ch- contract for a massage or a, you know contractual sex consensual sex marijuana uh selling of this particular type of material a little uh, blackjack yeah anything yeah. like that gambling all these things that people consider to be so bad you don't have to engage in them but that doesn't mean that you have the right to stop others from engaging in things that about which you have no concern absolutely true Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right, Mark. I know we're not going to get through all seven of them, but I feel like we should get through one or two. Okay. The you seven take one? tips as to how to find happiness. Hit it. All right. Um, it says you choose. Um, how Is prostitution? No, that's not. It's enough. not. No. <laughs> how you view yourself and your world are conscious choices and habits. The lens you choose to view everything through determines how you will interpret what's happening, and from your interpretation, you act. And all of this becomes your life. You can choose to find happiness in small, everyday things. You can choose to interpret what happens in a positive way or in a negative way. And your choices controls how much happiness um, you will find and how you create your life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's all about your mindset. It's mm-hmm. all about how you're predisposed to interacting with things and with people and with situations. And, you know, do you look at look down on humanity as this awful group of people and they're all bad until proven otherwise? Or do you approach everything from a positive viewpoint? Uh, do you approach everything, even when something negative go, even when something negative happens, do you find yourself able to uh, to address it without bringing yourself down? You know, um, if something awful is happening, can you address it without being depressed afterwards necessarily or, uh, or 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 deal with the situation in some sort of a positive manner where i don't know just as an example i was outside of a grocery store in florida and there was somebody out there panhandling outside of the grocery store and i i thought you know this is not this isn't a good thing uh the grocery store certainly would not appreciate having this bum outside of their doors no. asking their customers for these sorts of things. So instead of you know maybe getting upset with the man and yelling at him or doing something uh, horrific, getting into a fight or any sort of negative way to handle that situation, I simply went inside and uh, informed the manager that there was a panhandler outside of their front door and polite, you know politely told them about that and and you know moved on with my life and figured I'd let them handle it if that was something they wanted to do. Their property. I don't know if that's the best example of handling a situation positively versus negatively, but it's the one that came to mind. I I don't know how to handle uh, panhandlers better than most. I just usually ignore them. Um, It's better than telling them, hey, get a job. Well, yeah, I I would ignore them, but I think it's important for the business owner to know what's going on so they can put a stop to it because that's... You don't want that happening outside your front door. I, I think that, um, you know, also you can choose to look at – every situation has a bright side to it, and you can choose to look at that bright side. And I think that that's what they're trying to – Absolutely. And if, you're, and if you're actively trying to look at that bright side, that counts too. Even if there's not even a bright side, if it's all just negativity, even if you're trying to actively look at the bright side, that's, that's important enough. It's all about your mindset. Number two, focus on the present not yesterday or tomorrow. This is one that uh, everybody can, you know, try to keep in mind on a regular basis. You only I don't have know if now, I agree with it. And now, and now, yesterday is a memory, and you cannot change it. Tomorrow is just a fantasy in your mind right now. 
So live in the now. Focus on the present moment and today. Think and worry less about yesterday and tomorrow. Otherwise, you might miss a great deal of happiness that's available to you right now. Well, okay. I agree that you should definitely be happy now, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I I see they use the term worry about tomorrow, and I right. agree with that. You should worry not be worrying. Plan, planning's good. Worrying's useless. Right. D- don't shut off the future. The future's very important, and it's very important for you to sort of live into the future, to see yourself doing what you want to be doing mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15 years out from now, having goals, having um, you know real things that you can tangibly reach, that you can you can achieve over a certain period of time. Right. If you want something in five years, it's, you know, name that thing and then uh, put the steps right down on a piece of paper. You know, you want that in five years. Put down the steps. Where do you need to be in two and a half years to get there, to, to get the five? Where do you need to be, um, you know, in a, in a year? What do you need to do tomorrow? And you, you write these down and uh, that's how you achieve those goals. Absolutely. And not to say that the past isn't important either. The past is critical in that you learn from your mistakes Mm -hmm. and you learn from the mistakes of others and learn from history and all of that. But at the same time, don't dwell on it. I think people can get tied up. Yeah, they can get really tied up in their past that they don't have the ability to move on because. And the worst thing you can do is to become nostalgic for the past. That's so key. In that, oh, my life is not good right now, but it was so great when I was 16 in Mm -hmm. high school. Oh, remember the good old days. No, no, no. Your good days are right now. There's no reason why you can't have good days now and on into the future. But if you sit there and just sort of pine for the olden times, you're... You're never going to move forward with your life. And I'd like to say that uh, just because something bad happened to you in the past doesn't mean you can't be held down. I mean, I went to prison for nine years. Now I got my own nationally syndicated radio show. Exactly. You can excel in this country. It's true. It's up to you, though. You can, you're the only person who's in charge of whether or not you succeed or fail. I used to look at it as when I decided to do something, it already had been done. All I had to do was just go through the boring part of just doing it. Exactly right. We will see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We'll continue this top seven list. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 